Well, good morning, Vineyard Church family. Y'all doing good? Hey, I'm going to ask another question. How many of you are excited that we got rain over the last week? I just want to make sure y'all are with me today. That's good. That's good. If we've not had the chance to meet, my name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. We are excited about all that God is doing in the life of our church. Small groups are getting started, and we know that there are groups that are going to be being added to the list. So be checking out the catalog of groups. Um, See if you can find one that fits. We think it is a significant uh, gift to us who participate. And if you don't see a, a group that like fits what you're looking for, let us know. We're trying to launch new groups and launch leaders who are launching groups, and so we're excited about that. I want to also let you know two other important things calendar-wise. Uh, if you are uh, married, engaged, or dating, you have like two more days to sign up for our marriage weekend. Uh, you can sign up today or over the next couple days. It is, it is next Friday and Saturday. Child care is already closed, so you'll have to navigate that if that's something you need on your own, but it's not too late. You can still register for the marriage weekend. Um, And let me just tell you, I will be speaking. I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. Um, I have delivered this uh, weekend conference material across the country in multiple places, uh, and I'm excited for it to happen here, and um, so we'd love for you to be a part of it. Invite a friend to come with you who's maybe not connected to the church. The last thing I want to do before we jump into our uh, message for the day is remind us that we are in a uh, 21 days of prayer and response as a church. Last Sunday, I shared a message about what we see God doing in the life of our church, and I actually invited us to a pretty courageous posture of asking the Lord to speak to us as a community. And it's really around three things. One, uh, we are moving from one weekend service at 10 a.m., which you found beautifully today. Beginning October 1st, we'll be at 2, 9, and 11. We hope that helps your schedules. We hope it creates space to invite friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. We want to be a place welcoming people home. During worship today, one of our leaders read a passage of Scripture out of Luke about this son who just wakes up to the the reality of his life, and he realizes if I could just go home to my dad, it would be better. And I believe that is the awakening in all of our souls. If we can wake up to the love of God and just turn and be welcomed by the family of God in a hospitable, loving way, just like God the Father does, with compassion and embrace, it changes lives. And that is the story we want to be a part of in our city. We want to be a part of lives being changed stories being changed, families and households being changed. And we know that it is the move and the love of God in us and through us. And so we're asking our church to pray about that, to just pray for God to move in our city, to pray for God to move among the people we already love and care about. Part of that is praying for these launch of small groups. Hey, I love what happens on Sunday, week in and week out. I think it is great. I think it's an important rhythm. Um, It is not the only thing. We need Uh, smaller rooms where we can be in conversations with one another. And so we're asking for God to move well beyond Sunday. And the last thing I shared about is student ministry. Anybody got kids in student ministry right now? That's great. It's five through 12. We're praying for you. You're in the thick of it. It's good. It's a good time. It's a good stage of life. Well, we are watching that part of our church just grow and grow and grow. Every week they're gathering in our lobby, 25 to 40 students. We have until October 1st to see enough money come in to buy the Harkey Roadhouse. Yes, show me the money, right? 
My wife, Lauren, sent me a great meme. She goes, long story short, I need a million dollars. Here's what I want you to know. We're just praying. And we're asking if God speaks to you and invites you into that story to respond financially. We just need that by October 1st. That'll be our decision day. We're 47% of the way there. We have $560,000 that's already been made available through our lender and through your generosity. So keep praying. Keep praying. So how do we do this? How do we do this thing called life? Anybody, anybody ever feel like life is a little bit more than you like, want to handle at any given moment? Anybody ever been tired? Not like, oh, I need a nap like once. Like I was talking to somebody this week and they said like, like the people I'm spending time with need like a year of sleep. Anybody been that tired? Like I'd take six months. We've been in this conversation as a church around this idea of grace, the rhythms of grace. And the thing that I really want to be clear on is we have a wonderful capacity to be religious people, to be religious people, to be people who will just handle it on our own, to find our own way and make our own way. And you could actually be very religious and have no concept or construct of God. You've just built your life around you. You are the center of the story. And you are religious about caring for your own needs and desires and wants and making sure that the life you've built takes care of you. You work hard at it. You're diligent at it. You're religious about your work. You're religious about your job. You're religious about your family. You're religious about whatever it is that's in front of you in that moment. We actually have a propensity to want to be in control. We like to tell these stories of just grit and determination. Anybody like those qualities? Yeah. They're not wrong, they're not bad. But there's this way of living that if we're not careful, we will exhaust ourselves. We will exhaust ourselves. We will just really find ourselves at the end of the line. We will find ourselves asking questions what we realize we do not have the answers to. And this is one of the things I love about Jesus, is Jesus is very comfortable with our questions. In fact, Jesus asked a lot of questions. Jesus related to us in these realities of life, and he invites us to this story that's different than just what you can accomplish on your own. Different than what you can just kind of like muscle through and make happen on your own. In fact, Jesus understands in our humanity we need something more then our own strength, willpower, and resources will deliver on. It is rhythms of grace, always. It is rhythms of grace. And so we've been looking at these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, and I'm actually going to use the message translation. Uh, this is a, a way of reading scripture that's a little more contemporary in language. And, um, and so just listen to this. Just see if your heart just sort of like, maybe opens up a little bit, or you kind of go, oh man, I think Jesus is talking to me. It says this, Matthew 11, verse 28, are you tired? Worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Now, hold on just one second. 
I've been reading this sort of week in, week out. Our preaching team's been reading this week in, week out. Can I just tell you what I just noticed? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. How can we get a real rest where there is still real activity and real work? This way of Jesus is not just saying, hey, forever you're on vacation, don't do anything. Rest is not only in the absence of things getting done, but there is a real rest for us in the rhythms and activity of our life. And here's the key. Watch how I do it. Set our eyes on the living God and look to the rhythms and the way of Jesus and learn from Jesus and follow Jesus. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, it goes on to say. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Church, there's this life in Jesus that's all about freedom. And today we're going to talk about the grace of serving others. This is not meant to be heavy. This is not meant to be ill-fitting. What this is is looking to the giver of life and saying, show me the way of life. What this is, is teaching us how to live in the unforced rhythms of grace, which means it is not a heavy load that we shoulder, but it is a joy that we walk in. There is a rest. There is a real rest for you day in and day out, week in and week out, if we will walk with Jesus. Because the thing we have to realize about life is it's all grace. It's all grace. The way of God's kingdom and the life of God revealed in Jesus and poured out by the Holy Spirit, it is grace. Let's say grace together. One, two, three. It's grace. This is good news. This is excellent news. Is this how you experience your faith journey? When you wake up tomorrow morning, you're like, man, it's grace. It's grace to open up the scriptures and pray and read God's word. It's just grace. It's a gift. The living God wants to meet with me and be with me and engage with me. It's grace. This thing that I'm facing right now that has me at the end of the line is a moment of grace where I can receive more than I can deliver on my own. It's grace. God wants to be with you face to face, so close that you can see where God is moving and follow. That you could live freely and lightly. I'm just aware of our time together in worship. Invitation. To recognize that we are not alone. To recognize that God is with us in the dark, deep valley. To recognize that God is with us throughout every moment and in every moment, and there's opportunity to see the grace and the hand of God. And it just brings me back again that we don't need more religious activity. We don't need this striving in our own effort. What we need is a community of people who are set on Jesus, and in the grace we're receiving from God, we are just learning how to be really generous with it. But there is a place that people in our city can look to and go, 
I want to go there because they're living freely and lightly. It looks like an easy place to be. It looks like a people who are glad that I'm there. It looks like there's something about that place that they're drawing life from the giver of life. So as we move forward, I just, I just hope you can hear my heart. Like, God's grace is greater than what you've experienced so far in your life. There's more for you. There's more life for you to experience. There's more freedom. There's more rest. There's more purpose. Not in the more like, do you mean I've got to do more? In that God is bigger and better and more good than we could ever imagine. Grace. Grace. So with that backdrop, let's look at Romans 12, 9 through 13. I hope you can hear the grace that's available to us today. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. And cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one, one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. In these few verses, what we see is there is a grace in our serving. There is a grace that has to take hold of our lives so we will live different than what would just be really human of me in the normal way I would live by my own strength, ideas, and power. The grace in serving is rooted in love and goodness. Love and goodness. This is why we serve. The whole message today is going to try to work at why. Why would we sacrifice? Why would we serve others? Why would we be hospitable? Why should we love one another? Why? Because what we see is the heart of God is revealed in this idea that God is good and God is love, and if we are going to follow God, we need to follow in the way of love and goodness. And it will be the only way we can do that is the grace in serving. It is grace to walk in love and goodness. As a local church, when people come and experience what we're up to, they should always experience love and goodness. Amen? Is that always the case? Some of y'all, like, there weren't as many amens on that one. Like, I don't know. Is that a trap? This feels like a trap, Kurt. Can I answer that? Let's just, let's just deal in reality for a second. Why do the scriptures say what they say? Romans 12, it's at the very beginning. This is not intended for any effect. I just wanted you to see I'm actually reading out of the scriptures. Love must be sincere. Why? Because it can be insincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Why is this hard? Because there is something other than goodness. 
There's actually something we have to resist. There is a way of my human heart that's actually not good for any of you. In reality, we know that this is the struggle. Your life tells you this. Your life knows that there is a distinction between this feels okay, this feels good, this feels loving, and then you cross some threshold and you would all give me some list of boundaries that go, and this is no longer that. This is no longer that. So we need a grace for our lives that will root us and establish us in love, that will lead us in the way that is good because there is a way that is not good, And it makes me think of Psalm 23. I hear the psalmist giving this great invitation to us because this is about posturing our heart in the heart of God. If we're going to have a grace for serving one another that is love and goodness, we get to live into this story of the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord leads me besides quiet streams and still waters and leads me into green pastures. And if you keep reading that psalm, it gets to this incredible spot, and it says, Surely your love and your goodness follow me all the days of my life. It's grace. And it's the grace of God pursuing us with love and goodness that then give us what gifts to give away? Love and goodness. And here's what I think is really interesting. For those of you who have a story of God's love, you've discovered that in a real way. How many of you experience the love of God through another person serving you with love and goodness? Raise your hand if that's true. That's true of my story. As a follower of Jesus, when I let the love and goodness of God chase me down and pursue me all the days of my life, it is the grace of that love and goodness that overflow and I begin to pursue the people around me who I love in my humanness, who God loves better than me, already before me, and then I join the story of love and goodness chasing people down. I become a tangible expression of love and goodness when I serve others. It's grace. It's grace that we would be devoted to one another. Do you know how hard it is to be devoted to one another in love? Do you know why that is? Because we will disagree. We are different. I'm not simply devoted to you in likeness. I'm not devoted to you in agreement. I am devoted to you in the way of love. And our model for love is Christ crucified. Our model for love is Christ buried. Our model for love is Christ raised to life. That is a different devotion. And I get that kind of devotion when I'm following the one who has been devoted to me in that way. Then we can be a community serving one another because we are devoted to one another. And I don't have to know you to be devoted to you, although that will strengthen the bond. And that's part of love in action But what I love about Sunday, think about this. I saw it this morning. One of our little ones was holding the door for people today. Devoted in love, she stood at the door, welcoming every stranger that walked through her door. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. That's grace. That's grace. That's small groups. We're devoted to one another. You answer the call late at night. You pray for one another. Devotion is about heart. It is the heart of selfless and sacrificial love. It's not to your benefit, it's to theirs. 
Easy enough, right? We cannot do this by our own strength and power. We just can't. We'll fall short. We will run out of resources. It has to be grace. It has to be the living God taking over and filling you up. And then we have to anchor our story to the work of God. It was what uh, Lauren, who was one of the ones leading us in worship today, who happens to be my wife, she was talking about all of our life. All of our life is worship. And this passage of Scripture says, keep your zeal for the Lord, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. I don't know about you, but even in my faith journey, sometimes it can feel like, God, where are you in this journey? Where, where are you at? Anybody wrestle with that? Am I hearing God? Can I see God? Can I really know God? Anybody ever ask those questions? Or is it just pastors driving by themselves in the car thinking, oh man, oh man. God, are you there? God, where are you? See, again, if we're going to anchor our heart to the way of Jesus, we have to serve one another the way we serve the Lord. Let me give you some encouragement. Jesus is talking in Matthew 25. Matthew's a New Testament book. This is why it's a gift to serve other people. This is the words of Jesus, verse 34. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. As those who have all been made in the image of God, there are expressions of this love and devotion and service that we can see in humanity. But it will come to an end at my boundary, and if I am God, and if I determine who gets it and who does not, I will draw the line. What we see in the kingdom of God in this heart of Jesus is that we can be a community who extend this devotion and service beyond what is imaginable in the human spirit. It becomes the imagination of God to love and care for the least of these. Every one of these. And this is beginning to capture my heart of why we would even meet for Sunday mornings. You know, it was just a few years ago that none of you were here. None of you were here. The first Easter that I was lead pastor, it was my wife and I and our kids in this room all alone watching a video service, hopefully by some magical technology, making it to all of you where you were quarantined. Some of you are like, Kurt, why are you reminding us of this? Because the room was empty. It's not empty today. 
But I've had to ask the question, why go through all the trouble and why spend all the energy and why have a, you know, a million dollar facility and then ask for another one and why do all that? Because when we learn to walk in the grace of serving one another, this becomes a light to the city. This becomes an expression where we can learn to embody the good news of Jesus and receive the grace we need, and we can benefit from one another. We can receive from one another. When I don't know what to pray, you can pray for me. When I don't know how to worship, I can hear you singing. When I don't even know what communion is about, I can just sit and watch. And maybe I can look at someone and go, hey, can you tell me what this meal is? And we can share hospitality during a coffee break. And we can understand that it is grace upon grace and it is all about the presence of God being experienced in our lives so that when we leave here, we take the presence with us. So that our city begins to be filled with the presence of God. That there's no neighborhood left uncared for or unprayed for because you're praying for it. You're caring for it. Your neighbors and friends who don't make it here, we go with you there. Serving the Lord caring for the least of these, because we don't stand at the door and go, hey, we need to do a quick background check on you before you come in. Let's make sure you meet all the demographic material that we're okay with. Everyone is welcome through that door. Everyone is welcome through that door and into this place that we as a people could love them and serve them and show them the devotion of Jesus Christ. Why Sunday? Because we can experience God's presence when we sing together. We can experience the table where we understand we all need forgiveness. I am just like you. I am just like you in need of a savior. I'm just like you in need of the one who calls me back home again. And if I have a need, I can limp my way up to someone and go, it took all the courage in me to say, would you pray for me right now? And they will be met with love and goodness. It is grace. It is grace. It is grace. Can I just tell you what I think is really good news for you and what I just said? You should benefit richly from showing up here. You should be loved and served and cared for. You are the one whose God's heart is full of affection for. You are. You are why we do all this. So that you would know the love of God. You should benefit from it. Part of the benefit is realizing you have a part to play in it. That you are being invited into this story of God where he says, walk with me and let me show you how this works. Join me in bringing the kingdom of God here on earth. That's why we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Not just to benefit, but to begin to participate and to grow and discover Jesus. And then ultimately, here's the joy. We get to live like Jesus, which means we'll sacrifice. We'll sacrifice. Our life will not only be for ourselves, but we'll honor others above ourselves and we'll serve. We'll serve. So I want you to think about this as I invite my friend Ryan to come up here and join me. I'm going to put a QR code on the screen. And I want to be really clear. There's grace. But part of the grace of this moment is we are asking God, how do we make more room to serve the people that you're calling home? Y'all say hi to Ryan. Yeah. 
Hi, what's up, man? So Ryan uh, has the, the privilege of being mar- married to Mary, yes. who is part of our Vineyard Kids lead team. That's right. Are you on green? So, Are you green? Am I on? Am I on? Let me look. Blue light? Red light, not Red good. Light. Green light. Hold it to your chin. Perfect, thank Hold you. Hold it to your chin. So, so my favorite position I've been volunteered for is Vineyard Kids Catalyst, Recruiter Catalyst. That's right. So what, what's I, that title again? Vineyard Kids. I, I already lost it. I recruiting don't know. Catalyst. Yes, that. Anybody want a Catalyst title? We'll give them out. We'll dish them out. <laughs> this is your moment. Ryan, as you have been serving, you and I've been talking about this. One of the things that we know is it can feel like a big leap from this seat to Vineyard Kids. Could be, feel like a big leap from this seat to vineyard students, you have actually done both. You have served the next generation since I've known you here at the vineyard. Yeah. Tell me why you said yes to this role, and it's not just because you're married to Mary, but tell me why your heart is for the next generation. Absolutely. Well, the thing that's unique about serving either in, thank you, in youth ministry or in kids ministry is that it's just a real way that you encounter the Holy Spirit. And so for me, Um, I really feel like the benefits to me personally have been just becoming a better spiritual leader in my household. Um, Sunday's not the last day of the week. It's the first day of the week. I don't know if we all know this, but when you serve once a month, every other week, you know, whatever your level of commitment is, it just, it sets the tone for your household and within your church community. So it's something that's kept me better in tune and energized with my faith. And it's been so rewarding because now over the years, having served in 58, now serving with the littler kids, like the four to six year olds, um, years past now, uh, I can look back and I see all of these kids growing up in front of me around my kids. I see them becoming young adults and a lot of them have gone off to college already and are you know, young adults, and it's, it's just this amazing experience that just keeps feeding back into your spirit, and so that's why I love it so much. So I want to ask you another question, because here's the thing. This QR code is your invitation to bring out, if you have a smart device, if you don't, we'll be in the lobby with uh, access to kind of help you sign up and be a part of it, but I, I was reading a book by Craig Rochelle, who's a pastor and author, and he said there are three places we buy into vision. One is we'll buy into a vision that we benefit from. And I want to be really clear. Everyone here should benefit from just being in the room. If you need to rest, rest. If you need to come receive, receive. He said, but then we move to a place where we contribute comfortably. And you can contribute comfortably once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. You can find the place that is comfortable for you. But Craig says something interesting. He said, there's this movement where we will move to a a posture of sacrifice, of sacrifice. So I just want to ask you genuinely, what does it cost you? What does it cost you to be here and serve at the level you serve? Well, honestly, like, I I don't think it costs me anything, but um, it's just, it's an experience that fills you with gratitude and love, and, you know, you grow relationships with these kids and their families, and it's great. I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything necessarily or giving up something to do this because it's that much more rewarding for me because you know just in the last few years I think since Leah my oldest daughter was six she's been eagerly asking about baptism and that's very exciting but I put her through the ringer and so I wouldn't let her do it for a year or two wanting to make sure she's very adamant about this decision and so you know over the last few years like I've come to see her develop a relationship with Christ and she got baptized when she was uh 
just about, had she turned eight yet? Yeah. It was in May. Yeah. Was it in May? Yeah, so she was almost eight, and so she got baptized at the very beginning of this summer, and that was just such an amazing experience, and I've seen that happen with just waves of other kids and, and kids' ministry. So I, I don't think you're sacrificing anything. I think you're, you're receiving so much in benefit, and so are these kids. It's funny you bring that up. I was serving with Vineyard Kids about eight weeks ago, not on this stage, on that stage, and that's the best stage to be on. And Leah was talking about her baptism story, and another kid starts to share their baptism story, and another kid shares their baptism story, and then it draws interest from the room. And you know what that does to your soul when you're in that kind of joy and that kind of experience? See, I think sometimes we think, like, I don't know how to relate to kids, or I'm not a good Bible teacher, I'm not this. Mary and Kristen are offering the curriculum to you in advance. I walked in, they handed me the stuff, and it was so good. It was so good. But what I got to experience is this family that we're a part of. And the reason we're making room to go to another service is because we want to extend the love of this family to our city. We want you to know that you can invite and you can include. And so I genuinely am asking you to ask, is there a step for you? Is there a step? So if you were in, just do me a favor. You do not have to fill out the form, but if you have a smart device, I want you to see if the technology works. So like everybody together, like let's just check the technology. And we added an important thing, which was I'm willing to help with wherever there's a need. You can fill that out. You can ask for more information. You can do all sorts of things. This is going to let you know where the needs are. Vineyard kids, vineyard students. We need about 12 people who are willing to help join the team in Vineyard Kids. Serving twice a month. You can pick the 9 or the 11. We're not asking you to do both. That's not how it works. You can serve one, worship one. Vineyard students is growing. We want to pour into the next generation. If you just want to hold a door, you can hold a door. But what Ryan is pointing to is the joy. The joy that it is. And we were, we were laughing. We were looking at videos. There was this video of training for vineyard kids, and it's a person running on a treadmill, and they're just pouring Legos out. There are no running. Legos in the classrooms. No it's, it's safe. You're okay. But there's a story, and when we, when we learn how to serve here, what it will do is it will strengthen those muscles in us. When we hear the faith of the kids, you know what it'll do? It'll draw our faith forward. When they ask you questions you don't have the answers to, it'll give you the next best question to ask on your own faith journey. I want this to be a place that benefits you. I really do. But following Jesus is not simply for your consumption. It is for something more than that. You are actually called to contribute with God to the life, giving life for the sake of others. To serve one another. Serve one another. Would you take a step today? I'm just going to tell you, like, if one, can you all say thanks to Ryan? This is what it looks like. I'm grateful for you, man. If you want to serve with Vineyard Kids, this is the guy to talk to. He's our recruiting catalyst. This is our recruiting catalyst, okay? Can I just be real? I just want to be real transparent with you for a second. October 1 is two weeks away. Do you know who's thinking about that every day? I am. I am. Do you know what I have been so challenged by? And the beauty of God's word and what we're preaching right now, it is all all grace. It is all grace. It is grace for you to come and receive. 
Because I get to receive from you. I get to walk off the stage and get prayer from prayer teams. I get to be a part of small groups because somebody else is bringing leadership to that. I get to check my kids in because Ryan is recruiting a team who are ready to receive my own kids. I benefit from you all the time. It's good news. Good news. But it doesn't just stay here. It leaps out of this building to all of the places you live, to all of the places you work, that we would understand there is a God sufficiently big enough with sufficient grace for us. Let's stand together. Thanks, buddy. Denny, if you'll come pass out a gift, we have a gift for you. It's an invitation. And I want to invite you to sit with me and my family either at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. beginning October 1st into whatever that journey unfolds to be. That's how simple it is to invite. I want you to sit with me at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Now, next week, we're not going to... If you come at 9, you'll be early. If you come at 11, you'll get prayer ministry. It'll be cool. October 1st. But I do want you to serve with me. When I was in seventh grade, my family planted a vineyard church. And I served every Sunday for two years in a row, seventh grade, eighth grade. I served on sound team. I served in kids' ministry. Set up, tear down. You know what I was at the end of two years? burnt out and tired. We're not asking everybody to do every week for the next two years. Not the ask. But I am inviting you to sit and to invite your friends. I'm inviting you to serve. I'm inviting you to be a part of the story that God is writing in the city. Who is it around you that God is already pursuing with his love? Where are you already serving that you can just begin to pray for that to be a place of God's grace? Where is God at work in your work? Walk with me and work with me. I just have this, I don't know how to say it any other than this. The, the thing that I feel in my heart for us as a, as a church is there is more. And that's not a heavy thing. That's just saying, wherever you are on your journey, if, if you have not begun a relationship with Jesus, that's the right next yes, is to experience the love of God fully and freely. There's more for you. God loves you. If you've been following Jesus for a long time, and just some of your rhythms have fallen off, like you haven't done small group in a decade, there's more for you. There's small group in this season. You've been serving, but it's sort of been here or there. Like, maybe there's more for you just to practice that rhythm of orienting your life around that schedule. There's more. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're, if you're worried, if you're fearful, the invitation is that God would come and care for you. There's more care for you. So if that just makes sense, if you just go, you know what, Kurt, there is, there is more for me. I've been wanting more. I've been looking for it over here. I've been looking for it over there. I just think there's an invitation to come and say, God, here is my life. What is the more you would do with it?
And so if that just makes sense to you, God, here is my life. What is the more you would do with it? God, I've been going hard here. I've been pouring out here. I've been tired. I am striving and I am trying. I just invite you to come down front and let us pray blessing over you to just say, God, here is my life. What would you do with it? If that just makes sense to you, go ahead and come now. Go ahead and come now. And so God, as we're closing our time together today, what I ask is that we would hear you speak. I just ask that we would hear you speak. We would, as a community, go look at what God has done. Look at what story God is writing in my life. Look at the grace that surrounds me. I pray that you would free us from fear. You would free us from exhaustion. You would free us from fatigue. You would free us up to receive from you and be filled by you fresh and new today. Whatever the need is, we want to come and find life in you. And whatever the needs are of our city that we can be a part of meeting, we want to respond with love. Would you pursue us with your love and goodness this week, and would you show us how to be people who are that kind of friend to the people in our life that are available week in and week out, day in and day out, to display your love and goodness? We do hold, as a church family, these two services before you. We hold these small groups before you, and we say, lead us and resource us that we might be a blessing to the cities we love, that we could extend a warm, welcome invitation to the love of God. I just want to close with this. This is the passage. If you couldn't hear it, this is what was read during worship today. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So the son got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is the heart of God for you today. God is looking for you, and any turn you're making, God has already been turned to you in advance, and he is ready to welcome you home with compassion and a loving embrace because you are his kid. and He's got great stuff for you. So receive that as you go. Encourage one another, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week as we wrap up this Rhythm of Grace, and it's all about community, so we hope you'll be back and share an invitation with someone this week. We bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to be full of grace every day this week. Amen.